developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Um, every day is stressful. It doesn't matter if you're going through hell week, you got bullets flying over your head, or if you can't pay the bill at the end of the month. Same stress hormones are flying through your body. But we can all breathe. Hey folks, this is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate your time. I know you got a lot to do. You're going to love our guest today, my good friend, Navy SEAL Stuart Smith. Uh, he and I are going to have a great, I love talking to teammates and seeing what they're up to and seeing how they're uh, impacting the world. So you're not going to want to miss this show, but you know, chances are you're going to hear it since you're listening to my voice right now. Aha. Um, but before I get started, let me tell you about the Burpees for Bets. If this is the second or third time you've heard me, then uh, it'll be an update. But if it's the first time, what I've challenged uh, my tribe or team or whoever, you know, gets this message to do is to join me this year in doing 22 million burpees and it's to serve the vets who have served us and suffered for us. So we're going to suffer for them. And the reason I chose 22 million is because it is a ridiculously audacious and crazy number, but also there's 22 veterans a day with post-traumatic stress who are committing suicide and that is a crazy, ridiculous number, and we've got to do our part, right? The government hasn't made able to really help them as much as the VA has tried. The problem seems to be getting worse, and so there are solutions. So we're going to use uh, raise awareness, number one, but also a minimum of $250,000 that we're going to directly use to put um, as many vets as we can through a program uh, that will have an immersion event where they're going to learn principles such as we teach an unbeatable mind, to develop courage, develop a team again, to develop a vision for their future, learn how to breathe, learn how to do yoga, learn how to you know, manage the stress and bleed it off so they can live a healthy life. And then follow on, this is the most important part, with up to 18 months of mentoring, coaching, kind of aftercare. It's a new and innovative approach. I've got my teammates in, in this endeavor are Greg Amundsen, who's a, a vet himself and a well-known CrossFitter, and Josh Mance, author of Darker Souls, who is a former army captain who was shot and killed in Iraq and uh, came back to life 15 minutes later. An incredible story. So these guys are on the board of the Courage Foundation with me and we're leading this charge. So go to burpeesforvets.com to check out how you can either put a team together to join me or pledge for my 100,000 burpees, which I'm doing this year. I just finished my 300, so I still got sweat dripping onto my roadie podcaster here. So (laughs) at any rate, it's important, right? So let's do this, burpeesforvets.com. And you're going to hear from Stu how you can help him through his organization, which is called heroesoftomorrow.org. Uh, one last thing before I introduce Stu more formally, uh, my new book, actually the rewrite of my book, The Way of the Seal, is due out on Memorial Day. I've added two new chapters, one on leading in VUCA, one on building elite teams. I've updated all the other chapters and have key takeaways at the end. And so it's pretty cool. And I'm also offering the tools in 
digital format at a URL, unvealmind.com slash WOS, but that URL isn't live yet, so don't try to go there just yet. But you can learn more about the book and even pre-order it at wayoftheseal.com. Wayoftheseal.com, I'm excited about that. And once that's out, we're gonna I'm going to make haste on my next book, which I'm calling Launch. Anyway, so enough on that self-promotional stuff. Stu Smith is a former Navy SEAL. I mentioned that. He was an officer. He's also uh, coached the Spec Ops team at the Naval Academy, those uh, men and women who are interested in EOD and the Navy SEAL program. Probably had some Marines join him there. We'll find out. He continues, you know, like I do through SEAL Fit, he continues to prepare young men and women to become active members in the sheepdog community. That includes military spec ops, you know, military of all branches, I should say, because he's got a number of books and training regimens out. Also, uh, police and SWAT, firefighters, you know, even FBI agents. So he's really, really experienced in the dynamics of how do you train and prepare your body, mind for, you know, this, this incredibly rigorous training that all these folks have to go through. And many of you listening have or are about to. And he's an expert in leadership and self-defense. So he's got a tremendous broad range of skills and very interesting fellow. So super stoked to have you, uh, Stu. And thanks again for redoing the podcast because the first time we did this, we kind of had a technical snafu. Hey, no problem. Hey, I'm glad to be on here, Mark, as always. Yeah. So um, how things going? I've talked to you literally a month ago. What's new in your life? Uh, have you published any new books in the last 30 days? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone to the moon and back? I mean, what's going on? I will on? tell you, 2017, I crushed it. And I, I went nuts with, uh, I actually published four books nice. during that time with uh, my publisher, who your publisher used to work with, you know, okay. the Way of the Seal publisher used to work with, uh, right. with this group of, of folks that published these four books. And that was Tactical Mobility. The Warrior Workouts, which is a volume one, two, and three. So it was a, it's a four part, nice. kind of a four part series there. And then I, di- I did four self published programs and it's all geared for the tactical athlete over 40, which, you know, I really, I realized I neglect, I was, I've been neglecting the 40 and over crowd and I'm, you know, I'm 49 this year, you know, so yeah, I, uh, it's interesting, you know, cause I, I've had the same kind of, I guess, insight about eight years ago when I was like, you know, we're trying to pretend that we're 20, yes. right? And everyone, everyone who wants to train is going to, it's like the whole CrossFit thing that the weight loads, you know, that they do for the CrossFit games are ridiculous, yeah. even for the master's yeah. division. So, so I did, I did the same thing with something I call the master's workout or the basic workouts. But so, so your tactical athlete program is for those over 40. Yeah, have, so, how would you, how did you make that different? Like, what did you do? You know what? I, I made a that? couple of standard rules uh, and the standard rules are pretty basic, but uh, it's all programmed into the, into the workout where you don't run every day, you run every other day and then mm-hmm. implement a non-impact activity in between. You know, it can be a variety of anything, okay. uh, you rowing, swimming, biking, elliptical, and right. one of those days that used to be, you know, your hard workout that you would do, especially if you're, you know, you're like me or, or yourself that, you know, used to do five, six really hard workouts every week. And, you know, sometimes that fifth right. or sixth one just was beaten on you a little bit. So middle right. of the week, you have to turn one of those into a non-impact mobility day. 
So that that's kind of the, the two major rules. And I, I guess the third rule would be a lot of us are still eating like we were 20 years old, even though we're in our 40s and finding it harder to lose weight. So uh, you have to kind of go with the realization now that you can't outwork your diet anymore. So you have to right. now focus right. on portion control and things like that. So those are mainly the three different rules of, of the programming. And um, it, it's, it's been very popular. So, no. I bet it has. So can, you know, as, as simple as you can, can you just describe a seven day protocol for the listeners in case they can, glean something and dial in what they're sure, doing. Sure. Right you know, now. I have a program, you know, my, my tactical athlete periodization program, you know, I focus on all the elements of fitness, but it's spread throughout the year. So maybe in the spring, I, I am focusing more on calisthenics and a running progression, you know, and then we kind of peak that running right. progression in the summer with some more calisthenics. And we're still, you know, we're mixing in some you know, weights in there too, but mostly pretty light stuff. Right. And then in the fall and winter, we decrease our running, you know, to a point where it's, you know, pretty insignificant per week, you know, and doing more non-impact stuff, mm-hmm. uh, just give the joints a break, but we're lifting more. So we kind of go into that cycle, mm-hmm. you know, instead of a workout of the day, we kind of make sure it fits into this little program, this workout of the year. Mm-hmm. And a, a typical week oh, yeah. would be, really kind of one of two ways. I typically do a split routine where we do upper body one day, lower body the next, followed by that mobility day, upper body one day, lower body the next. And that gets us through the week. Now we're on weekend. And usually that weekend is a, uh, you know, something active, you know, we'll go run the obstacle course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have this endurance course over here at Navy that we'll do. It's kind of like a three mile, you know, obstacle loop. So like we call it our own little Spartan race, mm-hmm. but we try to make it, you know, something mm-hmm. pretty functional versus, you know, staying in the weight room and, and just lifting. Not that that's a bad thing, but we just try to get out and, and you know, try to mm-hmm. apply everything we did that week to a little more practical application. Mm-hmm. So. And what, what does the running part of that look like, you know, when you're not in the gym, especially for the running? Uh, as far cycle? as when, like spring, spring yeah. Spring, summer. I, yeah. I would how, say, how, yeah, spring, summer. How do how do you like? How often do you run? And yeah, what are well, the distances? Well, if I'm with my Heroes of Tomorrow group, we're pretty much running every day, unless there's an ache or pain, and then I'll make somebody do a non-impact activity that day. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe ten miles, twelve miles a week at first when we start off in early spring, late winter, mm-hmm. uh, and then that will progress. You know, over the next fifteen, twenty weeks to um, you know over thirty miles a week. So it's, mm-hmm. but you know, every mm-hmm. other day is something a little bit different. So instead of just long, slow distance stuff, we're running hills or we're running intervals. We're doing, um, you know, speed work, you know, throw some agility in there too. Cause you know, one of the goals with tactical fitness is, you know, you can't be, you don't necessarily have to be great at anything. You just have to be good at everything. So we try to make sure that right. we have a right. good foundation and strength first, you know, throughout the winter. And, you know, strength and power. And then we go into more muscle stamina, cardiovascular endurance and, you know, speed, uh, speed and agility and flexibility and mobility. So we put all those elements of fitness and we make sure that we get good at all of them. And it might take us a whole year to get good at all of them because I've found that you you can't really peak personally when you're deadlifting 
you know, 400 pounds and you're trying to get your mile and a half time down at the same time, you know, so kind of spread those into different cycles throughout the year. And then that's been the process. I've actually been doing that for 20 years now. You know, I started that process in 98, uh, mainly out of necessity because, you know, after I I got in the teams in 91 and, you know, I, I was really broken by time 98 came around 97, Mm -hmm. 98, I already had a surgery. Um, I had a stress fracture in my femur. I had a shoulder separation and most of these have nothing really to do with training other than just traumatic injuries. And, um, right. Well, the the teams are brutal back then. I know they've gotten a lot better with, you know, the, uh, um, I I forget the name of the program, the NSW, um, yeah. Program for me. Yeah, human performance. Yeah. Thank you for filling that up there. So now they're doing durability and ice tubs and they've got physical therapists and they all sorts of nutritionists and everything. An incredible gym. When you and I were there, none of that was there. They just yeah. we just beat the shit out of ourselves I remember, overtrained. And then we went in the yeah. field and you know, I remember going more, to you know? my SEAL team thinking my high school football team had better training facilities and trainers than, than the SEAL team. <laughs> That's right. And now it's completely changed. I mean, they actually have strength and conditioning trainers that are there. I mean, they're hired to do that. It's not some right. crazy in shape master chief that you're, you're at his whim to get, get your ass beat that right. day, right. you know? And I, mean, I remember, I remember doing an <laughs> impromptu marathon, you know, it was just like, Hey, let's go run a marathon today. Right. You know, sure. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. We did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> those, yeah. Those are fun memories. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy stuff we did. So let's talk about your, uh, what, what you got you interested in the SEALs? I mean, what was that like for you? Well, you know, I, why did you go I went to the Naval Academy and, uh, you know, this is in mid eighties, uh, you know, toward mm-hmm. 87 is when I got to the Academy. And, uh, you know, originally I, I'd wanted to be a pilot, you know, Top Gun had come out. And I mean, I remember playing baseball and, you know, quoting every, every scene from Top Gun, you know, just you know, hmm. with my buddies, you know, it was just, that was just what you did, you know, when you're sitting there bored in the outfield, you're just, you know, quoting scenes. I mean, it was what I wanted to do it, but you know what, as corny and as cheesy as that movie was, it kind of opened my eyes into this thing, it was thing they called yeah. the Naval Academy. And I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. And I got recruited for football there. So everything was just kind of falling into place. I'm like, oh man, this is like a dream come true. And, um, and then long story short, I didn't play football, didn't make the team, wound up playing rugby for three or four years, but we had, um, actually three and a half years. And then, you know, we had a bunch of SEAL candidates that were ahead of me, some upperclassmen, you know, that were playing rugby. And, uh, you know, so we started working out with those guys and I, you know, you just started, you know, you really revered your upper class, you know, and then right. they were going on to be SEAL tr- SEALs and then they made it and you're like, holy mackerel. Now I knew I, I kind of had a vision of what it took to be a Navy SEAL. Cause I remember these guys and how tough they were and say, I want to be like that. You know, I want to be that tough. So, you know, it gave me a couple of years to prepare and, you know, it's almost like you have to see it to believe it. Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've seen people make it, I've, you know, so I had a belief in my mind that I, I know I could do this. If I just get to this level of, you know, fitness and toughness or where these guys were. And yeah, you know, that's kind of the path I set myself on throughout yeah, the stu- most people don't listening don't really appreciate or understand um, what that level of fitness looks like. Can you describe? Like, I, I know what it looks like. Yeah, I've talked about it before, but you describe for the listener what what kind of shape you had to be in to get into buds and to make it through. You know, the top of your class, like you did. Sure. Um, 
Well, you know, to, to get to the training, I always try to break up tactical fitness into three different segments. You know, you have to get to the training. That means you have to master this PST, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're going for something that is competitive, right. you know, like an officer slot to go to SEAL training is very competitive. So you got to do whatever you can to set yourself apart. And one way to do that is to master that PST. Right. That's 500 yard swim, pull up, push up, sit ups, mile and a half run. And you know, and, and just be able to crush it not only once, but then do it again. Right. You know, they're just going to test you and they'll say, let's see how you do it a second time, right. you know, and, and then and what are the, uh, what are you know, the standards have, for those uh, elements. I would say, you know, for good officer selection, um, you want to break eight on the swim, mm-hmm. you know, eight, yeah, eight under eight minutes, combat swimmer stroke or side stroke, which isn't that hard. Yeah. I mean, once you, you know, I, I yeah, once you get good at it, you you know you got to get good at the the technique. You know, hundred plus push ups, hundred plus sit ups, twenty plus pull ups, and when I say minutes, plus, I I, right. yeah, in two minutes, and and I when I say plus, I really mean plus. Right. You know, you, you want to be over those numbers, and then you want to be under nine minutes on the mile and a half, which once again isn't blistering fast pace, but it's fast enough. Uh, to get you get your foot in and, the door, and it comes you know, at, if you can after, get closer to eight minutes, it comes on after that. all that other stuff, right? So you're already yeah. Oh yeah, it's in sequence. Right. So it's yeah, it's uh, all that stuff. So if you wear yourself out in the swim, you're probably going to have worse scores. So all of that is a matter of hard conditioning and technique and strategy, you know, to actually master that test. And that's kind of what I teach now uh, with a lot of the kids that uh, want to go special mm-hmm. ops. Um, but, but it's more than that too, you know, because it's also, you know, lifting and, you know, getting used to log yeah, type, the, dur- the durability activity. stuff where people break. So if you just train yeah. for the PSD, I tell this all the time, this it's back up, you just train to the PSD, you might make it into the front door, but you, you could also break the first week. So you got to train the durability yes. and the strength and the, in that, you know, ability to just keep going under that punishing pressure once you get to training. Absolutely. So you not only have to be almost like a triathlete, but you have to be a durable triathlete that, you know, can, can handle some load bearing mm-hmm. activity. So, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's remarkable. I remember, like I said, when you first see what in shape is for that, you're, you're like, wow, I really need to up my game. And, th- and that was my, that was my direct quote into my brain was like, okay, if I want to do this, I want, I need to up my game on this because I mean, these guys were doing, you know, workouts in the morning, they go to rugby practice and then they'd go swim before dinner. All right. Mm-hmm. And then they go study, you know, and I was like, oh man, okay. I guess that's what yeah. I have to do. We worked you know, three workouts there, a day. You know? so and we did was, that in the teams too. I mean, I, I did three, three training yep. sessions a day and the job was physical, you know, all yes. the time you diving yes. for four hours or, you know, out running. That's Absolutely. awesome. So you obviously made it into buds. What buds class uh, did you go through? Uh, you know, I was in 180 up until about four weeks from graduation where I injured mm-hmm. myself in third phase mm-hmm. right before the island. And um, I wound up getting uh, graduating 182. Okay. Did they roll you back into so, third phase yeah. or did you have to go back to post-health? No, I, I, I was, yeah, I was lucky. I'd never failed anything. I was a good student, just had a bad knee injury and they, I just started third phase over. So I had to repeat okay. like three or four weeks, but it, it was that. Pre-island phase, which was kind of fun, right. land nav, all that. Stuff. And what, yeah. um, what were the coolest things for you about buds, uh, the SEAL training itself? What were the, like the major insights? What did you learn? You know what I, I would say. You know, especially after Hell Week, I, I think 
is when there's some realization that comes in there. But I mean, before Hell Week, you kind of you kind of figure out like, mm-hmm. I, I think I got this. You know, I'm I'm handling this stuff every day. You know, I'm passing these tests. You know, I I got this system down. Now here comes the big mm-hmm. test this Hell Week, and after Hell Week, I think right then, you know, that week after. I learned that my body is really 10 times stronger than my mind would ever let it be. Mm-hmm. Right. So now it was more of a, you know, focusing in on mind power more than body power. Cause I knew my body yeah. can handle it. I just had to get my mind, you know, to a point where, you know, it was allowing me to do this. Cause my mind wants me to, you know, survive. My mind is there for self-preservation. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't want me to do these <laughs> right. things. Nobody in their <laughs> right mind I mean? would do those things, right, so to speak. Yeah. No, right? You know, there's a little element in there that's part for survival, and it's it's ingrained in all of us. But, you know, you have to almost dissociate a little bit from that in order to do some of these things that we're tasked at doing. But anyway, that that was when I learned that, you know, the body is really 10 times stronger than our mind will let it be. And I, I live with that every day. And, you know, if there's something I need to do that requires me to stay up all night and do it, mm-hmm. I can do that. You know, it's, uh, you know, if it's something, you know, I, I try not to do it for stupid challenges like, hey, can you run up, you know, this mountain mm-hmm. or climb this tree, <laughs> you know, you know, because that somebody dares me to, to you know, that, try to use right? it. That's, that's what Hell Week was about <laughs> is one way to prove it. Right. But then you apply it in a more practical yes. manner for your life. Yes, Absolutely. Hey folks, Mark here. Listen up, I've got a secret weapon for you to make your working out and training more efficient and to get better results and faster. It's called the Halo Sport, and I love this tool. Simply put, training with a Halo Sport allows you to develop your muscle memory faster. The headset applies electrostimulation to your brain's motor cortex to induce a temporary state of hyperlearning. How cool is that? That means you're going to get better results faster from anything that you do where you need to learn by moving, such as your seal fit wad, martial arts training, yoga, tai chi, or even running. Now, I interviewed Halo's CEO, Dr. Daniel Chow, a while back, and I was really impressed by his team and this underlying technology, the science of transcranial direct current stimulation or TDCS, which has over 15 years of scientific and military research behind it. I now personally use Halo Sport for many of my high intensity wads and when I do my Tai Chi training where I'm trying to learn some new form. When I train my movements with the Halo Sport, I do learn faster and I get more precision and I feel I can perform more aggressively. Halo Sport's already being used extensively in the military special operations communities. And from my SEAL friends, I've heard that they get great results. It's also used by many pro athletes, Olympians, and thousands of lifelong athletes just like you and I. So in my mind, Halo Sport is the ideal training tool for those like you who want to exceed your training goals. To learn more about the Halo Sport, go to haloneuro.com. That's H-A-L-O. N-E-U-R-O.com. And you can use the code Unbeatable Mind, all one word, Unbeatable Mind at checkout to get this awesome product for $475, which is $275 off of the retail price. 
Again, haloneuro.com. Use the code unbeatablemind. You won't be disappointed. This is a great tool. All right, let's get back to the show. Hoo ya. So, um, speaking of mind power, and you know, it's more than a realization that your body is, you know, capable of ten times more than your mind would allow. There's some specific things that you do with your mind, and so, what did you learn about how to manage your mind and control your mind and to strengthen it? I think that would be interesting. Well, you know, I think I think the one thing that people can learn really quickly is that obviously life is stressful. Um, every day is stressful. It doesn't matter if you're going through hell week, you got bullets flying over your head, or if you can't pay the bill at the end of the month, same stress mm-hmm. hormones are flying through your body, but mm-hmm. we can all breathe and we can use breathing to help us. Mm-hmm. And I know you're really big on this and you know, you're probably one of the first guys I really have seen really do real well with mm-hmm. teaching this process. But I mean, the breathing system is, I mean, it's, it's there for us to use and just be, and it just helps you be normal, you know, in a very high stress situation. Yeah. I mean, my wife always knows, you know, when something's wrong, if I am, you know, she catches me going, (sighs) (laughs) right. You know, just a big deep breath and, you know, nothing's wrong. I'm just, you know, it, it, it's almost like you, you need to just count to 10 before you actually say something sometimes, you know, something's right. on your nerves. So you just breathe through it. And, you know, it's it is. I mean, I think breathing is the tool that is going to help you, you know, when you have uncontrollable stresses all around you, whether it's just right. irritations or it's actual stressful situations. And it helps you engage that thinking part of your brain right. where it will help you get through that situation. Right. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that SEALs, those who make it through training, we learn it under pressure, usually through, um, you know, passed down or some instructor says, hey, you know, this is this is going to help you get through. And all of a sudden you realize that you have to do that or else you literally will be out of control and you just won't succeed. Nowadays, they're teaching it, you know, as you know, um, and we teach you to SEAL fit. But the average person, you know, they're, they don't put themselves usually under that type of intense environment where you've got mentors around you who are saying, hey, Stu, slow down, take a few breaths through your nose and get your shit together. Yeah. And then do that again and again and again, and you'll stay in control. That's why it needs to be practiced, I think, as a daily practice almost. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? We can practice that every day. You know, whether right. it's your dogs annoying you or your your kids or something, uh, just people around you, or, you know, how about this one? This is a real important one. Driving. Right. You know, instead of instead of having road rage because someone pulls in front of you, just yep, take, a <sighs> take a big deep breath. And I usually say to myself, "There's no threat here." You know, mm-hmm. and he, you know, the, using those words and you know, hearing those words come out of my mouth and into my ears, you know, it, it gives me another level of okay, I can relax. You know, this right. is not a high threat situation. Right. Well, you just described the first two skills of the big four. First is control the breath so you can control your physiology. That's for the, you know, to to get your autonomous nervous system clicking into that parasympathetic, you know, kind of calm. And then self-talk, right? Managing that internal dialogue. Because if you're freaking out mentally saying, oh, shit, you know, I'm going to (laughs) die. That's just continuing to perpetuate the stress response. But the yes, breath comes first, so that's the key for people to, re- to realize, right? You can't, you know, the self-dialogue, 
is going to be much harder to manage if your breath is out of control. So start with the breath and then go to the dialogue. Yeah. It's so useful. So useful in in everything, whether it's, you know, you can't sleep at night or, you know, like you're avoiding road rage, you know, so many different, you know, skill sets. I mean, right before you walk into your house after a busy, stressful day at work, Mm -hmm. (sighs) take a big, deep breath, right? Now you're ready to engage the kids and the spouse and, you know, be a normal human being. I love that. So using the breath to transition you know, between focus or between attention. And the SEALs use that term attention control instead of positive self-talk or internal dialogue. They're all kind of saying the same thing. Attention control is actually, in my opinion, a much bigger field of study and practice than just self-talk. So the SEALs, you know, kind of chose a a flawed term, in my opinion, for that. Um, But it's an important thing to talk about. It's like, if you're going to shift your attention from work to family, that takes a little bit of mindfulness, right? So oh, absolutely. take that breath and, and get them, you know, get the self-talk about work and the and imagery about work out of your mind and start yeah. preparing for, you know, a, a nurturing family environment. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really, it comes down to internal awareness and external awareness, right? You know, and, and also, you know, we are all very competitive people typically in, in this job, you know, in the, you know, special ops community, you know, or typically, you know, type A competitive people, right? you know, so why not take that same set of energy and, you know, mind thought, you know, process into your family life too. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, like, all right, I'm about to walk through this door. I'm going to be the best dad in the world right now. Boom. Right. Oh. And challenge yourself to be the best dad, be the best spouse, you know, when you walk in the room and and be fully engaged in in that moment. You know, yeah. it, it I, I find it it it's invaluable. You know, it I really kind of sets me on the right mind. Otherwise I bring in everything into my door and you know, it takes it's me a while to unwind. Right you know. your wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the yeah. last thing they want to see. Yeah. And that works both ways. So we can train our family, you know, so oh, <laughs> take, absolutely. A, take a breath. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> breath, uh, Sandy, you know, that's awesome. Um, and you mentioned, you know, awareness. So, you know, we specifically train awareness in the SEALs. Situational awareness is that awareness, all the details and the nuances and the patterns around you. Right. So you can navigate, you know, both toward opportunity and away from uh, danger. And then that internal awareness, that's the one that attention control and breath control are so, and imagery are so uh, much about training that internal awareness and being able to control the emotions. You know, I have a sense that most people, you know, obviously you have injuries at BUDS. Yeah, people flat out quit. The people who quit usually quit because they just weren't there for the right reason. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say that, Uh, you know, and, and maybe lacked enough preparation. You know, yeah. to get there. And, you know, once yeah. again, like I was able to see what a graduate from SEAL training looked like before yeah. he went to SEAL training, you yeah. know, and, and that's, I think that's an invaluable addition to people. I mean, one of the big things that we have with our group here is that, you know, some of the guys come back, right. And some of the guys leave, you know, to go on to boot camp and go into SEAL training. And then, you know, the guys that trained with them before, maybe met them before they left, they're like, oh yeah, he just made it through. Huh. That's really neat. You know, yeah, exactly. I can do that. It takes the impossible out of it. And I think that's where a lot of people, when they fail, you know, they go into buds believing the impossible, 
right? This yeah. is an impossible course that no one graduates. I'm just going to go try this. Yeah. Know, I'm just going to see, see how, how far I can go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of yeah. what I meant. They were, they really weren't there. Their why wasn't strong enough. And if their why is, if your why is strong enough, then you investigate every freaking angle. You meet SEALs, you attend training like what you do or SEAL fit. You know, you yep. get a mental image of what that success looks like. And what I was going to say, kind of the corollary of that, so not knowing your why or not doing the work, that's one problem. But the second problem is you could have someone who kind of knows their why and does the work, but they haven't developed the emotional control. And so just like, you know, sand getting into, you know, places that you didn't even know had places, the instructors are like that as well. And the grueling day in and day out nature of the training just wears away at people emotionally. And then they just start to get this kind of broadening sense of, you know, fatigue. And, and that's when the injuries happen. So we call them quinjuries, like they're quit injuries, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's something for people to realize. There's the short term, hey, I need these skills right now. And then there's the, the long term slog, you know, these these skills are equally valuable for that. And that's really more of an emotional thing, I think. Yeah, you know what? And, and you know, unfortunately, that one just, it comes with time. You know, I tell right. people all the time, you know, you have to put in the time to make this work. Right. You know, and to make it work for you. And that, that time equals preparation. Right. So, you know, and, you know, when do you know you're prepared? That's the tough one. That's a tough one to answer, you know, because... Yeah, I, I've had to literally kick people out of seal fit and say, for God's sakes, go. Go, you're ready, you know, exactly. <laughs> right. And exactly. then I've had people come to Kokoro Camp and they quit Kokoro Camp and they already have a contract. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you've got to go back and tell your recruiter that you're not taking this contract. You need another nine months. You know, Divine says you need another nine months to a year to train and they don't do it. And then, of Man, course, I tell that I, that is the exact same conversations I have. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. That's amazing. Well, so how long do you, like, if someone comes to you as like an average, you know, averagely fit high school football player or, you know, hockey player or whatever, water polo player, and you know, you know, they got the stuff, but they just need the work. How long does it normally take? How long do you need to prepare them? Well, I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I, if they commit to me at 18, I say, you know, don't even go until you're 20. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I mean, just statistically speaking, teenagers don't fare well. And I mean, those that do are just rock star renaissance kids that. Yeah. And they've been training since they were 14, right? And yeah, they've had this, they've had multiple sports, you know, they were perfect team players. You know, they're just tough kids that just don't, really don't even know any better. Right. You know? um, but typically I would say, you know, the average kid that comes in the door at 18, 19, I say, you know what, let's, let's uh, get through high school. Don't go to recruiter until you are ready to go to recruit. Once you pass this, once you ace this PST, then we can start talking about going to a recruiter, you know, because right. then that's still going to give you about a six month, you know, maybe even nine month window before you're actually at buds to keep preparing. Right. You know, but right. you don't want to use that window, you know, for four or five months just to, you know, master the PST. And then now you only have a couple of months to prepare for buds, which is really the hard part, oh, you know, right. You know, so it, you know, like I said, it, it's a two and through phase for me, uh, Mark, I, you know, it takes a little while depending on who you are, what you're coming into this program with, you know, we just had a 290 pound, you know, college football player start off with us, uh, about eight months ago. Now he's two ten, 
mm-hmm. and uh, just tearing up the PST. And, you know, he just went to go talk to a recruiter, you know, mm-hmm. but if he'd have done that, you know, right out of college, you know, it yeah. probably would have been a, a different outcome it for him. Gone you know? well, right? yeah, so two and through is yeah, yeah. two years of preparation. That's about what I think, it, it, you know, so anywhere from a year and a half to two years. And you're right. When, when your kid's 18, my son is 18 and, you know, mentally you're not developed until you're 24, 25 fully, you know, as a, as a yeah. male anyways. And that, and so they're ruled by their emotions are all over the place emotionally and the hormones are all out of whack. And, yeah. you know, you're right. They haven't learned the life lessons of resiliency and focus and concentration and all those things. And, I don't even know why the Navy recruits. I do know why because yeah, exactly. they, can, they can manipulate these kids and fill them full of pride and send them into combat. But the SEALs are a little different, obviously. They yeah, well, yeah, you know, it, I mean, statistically speaking, that recruiter is not going to see a SEAL graduate, right. you know, if you think about it. I mean, because you're looking at, you know, 20% graduation rate on good days, you know, right. on, on good classes. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I would say... You know, if you're 18 years old, you know, maybe go to, a, and you don't feel like going to college, maybe go to a community college, but take an EMT course, you know, take right. a scuba course, you know, get a part-time job, maybe some manual labor. Cause here's where it works in, you know, you work out with me from 6am to 8am and then you go do a job where it's manual labor for the rest of the day. I mean, that, that's about as buds like as you can get, True. you know, you, know yeah. you don't want to go work out for a couple hours, take a couple hour nap and then work out again, take a couple hour nap. You know, there's no nap times at buds. <laughs> so, you mean your class didn't have nap time yeah you know you gotta keep moving you know and some of the best guys that i've seen come through this program you know do the workout with you know with us in the morning and then they're going and doing landscaping or construction work the rest of the day and then you know they, they may catch up with something on the evening workout you know just to mm-hmm. you know try to top something off or maybe some mobility work or something like that swimming and, you know and just that's their life before they go. And then when they get the, you know, boot camp and SEAL training, they're say, sitting there saying like, wow, I'm yeah, pretty no prepared for this. You know, right. it's like a normal day. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The guys at SEAL Fit, when we, we don't have our headquarters anymore, but when we did, we had interns and we had like locals who would come and, and they literally would train all day long. You know, we'd come in and do the, the opwad in the morning and then, you know, I'd have them do some work, you know, yeah. <laughs> Play, pretend work, you know, like clean up, you know, empty trash cans, that kind of stuff. And then they would ruck up and they'd go for like a four hour ruck and wow. jump, get in the ocean and swim. You know, they were doing this, you know, couple of mile ocean swims twice a week. They were literally doing buds training. And when yeah. they went to buds, they came back and they all did Kokoro camp and they would come back and be like, hell week was easy for us because, <laughs> and, and what they meant was it wasn't easy. Sure. It was easy for them because they had been there before. Right. Some they, they, Yeah. You know, you've kind of taken yourself to that, you know, that edge. spot, you know, like we were talking about, you know, it's just that, that little spot where you have to really engage that brain to say, all right, I got to keep doing, I got to keep moving. You know, right. even, you know, and, and then you learn your body is 10 times stronger than your mind to let it be. But then, you know, through, through that evolution, you then realize your brain is what's actually doing it. Right. <laughs> you know, your, your brain is actually controlling all this, you know, it's yeah. not necessarily your body, you know, and you're disengaging your brain, obviously. Right. Something yeah. you said earlier that I want to kind of get into a little bit more too, because it's so powerful. And it's the association of training with a team, especially guys 
or girls who are far more competent than you. Uh, I'll give you a good example. My nephew, uh, Dylan, is in, is in Buds right now. He came out to Seal Fit about a you know, year and a half ago saying, hey, Mark, uh, Uncle Mark, I want to be a SEAL. And I'm like, uh, you know, okay. Yeah, because he was a little bit dumpy and out of shape. He had played rugby in high school and or in college, actually. He was a college grad. He was kind of like, I'm not really sure why he wanted to do this. I think it was because Uncle Mark was a SEAL. And so I questioned his why. He was definitely not fit enough to even consider it. And so I basically had that conversation. I said, Dude, just, just stay here and train. If this is what you want, you'll find out soon enough, whether that's a, a false wish, a fantasy, or whether it's real. Absolutely. And the, and the reason that he would find that out is because all these other guys are serious about it. And so he just was smart enough to just watch and to start training and to keep his mouth shut. And it was a rocky road for the first nine months. And there were times where I'm like, this guy has no business becoming a SEAL. And all of a sudden, like, a year into this whole experience, he's out there, you know, he's like, hey, Uncle Mark, I'm going to go run 50 miles tomorrow. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. Because you want to join me? I'm like, no, nope. no way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that stuff. But anyway, so he goes and does it. Boom. No problem. Right? Nice. And just, just crushing it. And now he's at Buzz. He just got through Hell Week and we'll see oh, what happens. That's awesome. Yeah. You know what? I, I think, you know, something does click. You know, th- yeah. there is, you know, there's no magical saying or motivational phrase or poster that's going to give you mental toughness. You're going to earn mental toughness every day through persistence and good habits. You might have a little motivation at first, but there are going to be days that you're not motivated and you have to rely on your habit and discipline to get you through that day. And those are the days when you don't feel like working out and you do it anyway. Those days make you a little stronger. They do. And they make you a little stronger and it builds on itself. And you do that for several months. Next thing you know, hey, Uncle Mark, I'm going to go run 50 miles. You know, and and that's that's the progression that that it has to go. Otherwise, you know, if you're if you're not if you're not seeing that type of progression just mentally and physically, you know, you you might want to give yourself a little more time. Yeah, exactly. And for the average, you know, for a person who's not going into SEAL training, I mean, the same thing applies. Like wake up and think, what's the, what's the hardest thing I have to do today? Do it first. And then how can I make, you know, myself uncomfortable right away? I mean, that's why I wake up, do my 300 burpees and take a cold shower. I'm like, okay, whew, got that (laughs) under the bed. You know, that's like, boom, right? Now I'm standing on a strong foundation. I'm feeling pretty damn powerful. And then I go do my workout, right? Right. (laughs) I know. I I have a little bit of a luxurious lifestyle when it comes to training, just like you. You know, paid <laughs> to train is pretty nice. I love it. I yeah, love it. Work out and write about it. That's what I do. <laughs> well, you certainly have found your sweet spot. So good job. Yeah. Well, thank you. Now I know you appreciate some soreness brought on by getting busy with a bruising workout, but doesn't it suck when excessive soreness throws us off our game, causing us to back down on our effort? or even erasing those hard-won gains? That is why building recovery into our training plan is so important. Now, one way that I do that is with a simple-to-use recovery and healing tool called PowerDot. PowerDot is an electrical muscle stimulation device that forces type 2 muscle contractions, allowing you to increase muscle performance, speed up recovery, 
and also find a deeper mind-body connection. I've used complicated stim devices in the past to heal from my back injuries, but those were clumsy devices and not very effective to use for everyday use. The PowerDot, however, is a game changer because of its simplicity and the control through a well-designed mobile app. It's portable and powerful, making it usable for daily recovery or as needed for excessive soreness and to ward off potential overtraining injuries. PowerDot puts professional-level physical therapy into your gritty hands, saving valuable time and money. Now, the PowerDot team loves us at SealFit and Unbeatable Mind, and they have a generous offer for us. You can get 25% off the device when you go to PowerDot.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-D-O-T.com. And use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND, at the checkout. So again, receive 25% off of one of my favorite tools for achieving increased muscle performance and recovery by going to power.com and using that code UNBEATABLEMIND. Hoo-yah. A couple more minutes. I, you know, I know we've already been going long. I've talked some really cool stuff. But when you were in the SEALs, what was like the most impactful experience or, or um, series of experiences that, that helped forge who you are today hmm. and the way you think? Well, you know what? Let me share this one with you because it, I don't think it necessarily – well, I guess it did. And here, here's what happened. You know, we, I, my swim buddy and I were uh, doing an a O2 exhaustion dive. Mm-hmm. So remember those, right? You just went until you both ran out of uh, oxygen, and this was a sh- <laughs> you know, this was a ship attack, you know, scenario. So we had to swim for a couple of miles in, you know, doing turtle backing. So we had mm-hmm. some oxygen left. But anyway, long story short, I run out of air underneath the ship. Not a good and place. As you know, yeah. as you uh, as you know, underneath the ship, pitch black, you can't see anything. Right. right, but I had had the wherewithal to keep track of where things were, and before I got we got under the ship, I showed my swim buddy my gauge and said we're we're about out, so stand by basically, you know, for for me to be buddy you know, buddy breathing. Breathing under right. the ship. And sure enough, we were buddy breathing, pitch black underneath the ship, midnight, you know, underneath the ship in Norfolk, and uh, let me tell you, that, it doesn't get any darker. Than, than yeah. underneath the ship. At, at That's that terrifying when those, in the, you know, at, at night in the cold water under the yeah. dark hull of a ship. I mean, there's, I agree with you. There's not, yeah, I mean, there's it, only it, a few places that could be more terrifying. And that's if you're in a North Korean Harbor or. Oh yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. You know, this, this was a training exercise, but you know, here, here's what happened though. You know, we went through the buddy breathing exercise. The cool thing about the Dregger, you know, you buddy breathe one big inhale, then you exhale it into your system and you can breathe on it for about a minute. You yeah, know, before, right. before you consume all the oxygen. Um, so we were able to do that. We were able to get through. We're buddy breathing on our extraction out of there. You know, got our limpet up there and, you know, we're buddy breathing out. We are able to get, you know, probably another 500 yards out before he ran out of air. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember coming up to the surface, you know, saying, wow, all that training that I've been doing for the last, it was about four years now into the teams, you know, it all came down to that moment almost to where you know it all worked right you, you know, didn't everything worked and teamwork yeah, yeah teamwork you know communication you know with no you know nonverbal communication skills you know execution you know everything worked and i just remember walking out of there that night saying wow that 
that says something, you know, it just, it, yeah. it just kind of gave me some validation to what hard work and training and repetition to that training can right. yield. And that's right. what it yielded. It yielded a successful dive where, you know, neither one of us panicked and, mm-hmm. you know, we got through the situation and, you know, breathing was the key once again, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that alone has kind of, I've taken those, that kind of mindset into my training, knowing that this is the training, trust the training, trust the program, because it's going to yield these results in the end. Right. And if it doesn't, you can make modifications along the way, obviously, when you, when you're, when you're able to do that. But at the same time, just trust with the training and, and go with it. Yeah. You know, it yeah. It's there for a reason. And you know, yeah. it's, it's there. All, all the rules are written in blood, you know, I mean, right. follow the rules and, you know, they're, they're there to save your life and save your buddy's life. And, you know, so I, I would say that's probably my, my neatest experience as far yeah, as like as close to operational as we were in the nineties. Right. Um, yeah. I had, I had a few like that, which are just unbelievable. Cool that brought it all together. And it, you're right. So one of my key messages to folks is, you know, if you want to improve, then you got to train every day. And so, and you got to train, not just your body, but you train your mind and you yes. train your emotions. And, and it's nice to have a skill. Like some people, fitness is their skill, like, you know, the CrossFit community, sure, competing and whatnot. But, um, it's nice to have a skill to work on. That's why I do Tai Chi and, you know, to me, like the advanced movements, you train them every day and you get better and better and better and better. And so training has to be realistic. It has to be relentless. Yes. Um, and you just keep doing it. And all of a sudden, you know, it all comes together and you're like, wow. And people look at that and they're like, wow, you're a, you were a master. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're just getting warmed up. Right. Cause it could take, you know, 50 years and then you just keep emptying your cup and you realize that there's there's so many things you didn't see 20 years ago, right? Absolutely. And, you know, people think of you as being a successful, you know, in in whatever you are doing, but, you know, they they don't see the years of hard work that right. goes in behind it. I mean, I've been writing for 20 years now. Right. You know, and, you know, and I'm still learning. Right. Yeah. And I, and I really focus on writing articles and you know, I probably, I do 12 articles a month for military.com and another 14 for another couple of websites. And, wow. uh, yeah, That's so I'm doing good. that and then like still trying to come up with new ideas for, for book ideas. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just something that I enjoy doing, you know, that engage, you know, along with coaching and, and training these young guys. And, and that's kind of what I write about. You know, right. so if I figure I'm going to train these guys, if I'm going to write about it, I need to be doing it. Yeah, right? I agree doing with that. It and, and seeing the, you know, what works and what doesn't, you know, and, right. you know, people have a problem. How do you work around that problem? I mean, right. all of those things come into play, you know, with, uh, with everything. And uh, right. I'll tell you one thing I have learned, this is a, a, a funny one you'll like. We used to do the swim workout on the pool deck. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you know, hop out. You swim two hundred yards while while the other group is doing burpees. Right. On the you know, if you do two hundred yards, you're looking at three minutes typically. Average swimmer, yeah. you know, about three minutes doing two hundred yards. Yeah, that's fifty um, burpees. That you yeah, get three. In. Yeah, exactly. Three minutes of burpees is no fun. But you know what? We all got that year. We got turf toe from barefoot <laughs> burpees. I can believe it. 
barefoot burpees. And uh, is so, that like an infection in your toenail? Well, no, or it's just or? like a. It's just um. It's just a swelling of your toe joint. So it's oh. almost like you sprain your big toe, oh, right? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we we all got turf toe that summer. And uh, so anyway, I learned not to do naked burpees. So that, that was, <laughs> that, that's my lesson learned. <laughs> That's an important one. I'm sure you wrote an article about that for me. Uh, yeah, I well, I, I said lesson learned: no barefoot burpees. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Before we uh, sign off, tell uh, me a little bit about the episode you did on Nat Geo uh, Fight Science. I think it was uh, called or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Fight Where, Science. You know? Yeah, yeah. I saw the image. I you know I saw the video and I was just like, yes. You know, I was so stoked because a lot of times, you know, seals go out there and they do stupid things. And I was like, oh, you know, anytime you see some guy on TV who used to be the teams, you're like, okay, don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't, man. You, you represented so well. So how did that well, come about? Thank you. I, you know, I, I'm always kind of hesitant about what I do on yeah. television. And that, you know, I'll be honest with you, I, I could have done much worse that day. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I was very happy with my performance. But um, yeah, you know, they, they, Made this little obstacle course for me with a uh, you know decision to shoot the guy with the gun on the back end of that obstacle course. So they'd have two guys pop up without weapons and one guy pop up with a weapon. So I'd make a decision on who that was. But before I did that, they stuck me in a bag of or a bucket of ice for sixty five minutes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I, and I was submerged, right? Except yeah. for your head. Yeah. Well, I was probably about. I think they went about chest high, a little bit higher than my chest because they wanted to see the uh, the heat exchange between because they had this infrared camera for for glory shots of like, mm. look at his body from the heart down. It's frozen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all the, you know, so anyway, it was all core. You know, I had a had a core thermometer in there and it was able to keep my temperature up, but mainly just because of natural adaptations to being cold, you know, if you're going to seal team and then I did SDVs, you know, I mean, it's all cold. I mean, you're, I was probably been hypothermic, you know, at least half a dozen times, uh, me, you know, me, throughout this journey. Second, yeah. you, you just put an image in my head, which I need to get out. So core thermometer, was that stuck yeah. up your butt? No, 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 no. It oh, was, thank God. I was like, that would have been the hardest part is trying to keep that thing in there. It was even worse. It was a nasal thermometer. So it, it, oh, I had to like, God. yeah, I had to, <laughs> had to inhale it through my nose and then swallow it. Uh, And it it went all the way down into like middle of my esophagus, I guess. And yeah, it was awful. I mean, that, that, that that was the worst part of the whole 65 minutes. Sounds like it. Just that. But anyway, (laughs) it was able to engage my, my uh, core temperature and I was able to keep my core temperature up mainly by doing a couple of things, focus, breathing, flexing, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, core musculature and, um, you know, trying to keep some movement, uh, you know, to a minimum, but, you know, trying to keep the, the, the middle of my body really activated and, um, mm-hmm. and warm. And so that was actually helpful. But then once I got out, you know, uh, and started running around, you know, body temperature plummeted to, I think it dropped down to like 95. Mm. Um, you know, so it was cold, you know, but I had kept it up at 99, you know, being still, but once all that cold, you know, uh, blood started circulating a little more mm-hmm. through my uh, colder extremities. Then it mm-hmm. made my core a little colder. But anyway, I was still, by that time, I was on my process of warming up. So it wasn't that mm-hmm. big a deal. But anyway, I was able to shoot the bad guy, you know, at the end of that event. And uh, So did they baseline you? Did, they, did you have to do it before and then you get in the ice for 65 minutes and then did yes. it again? 
afterwards. Yeah. Did it before and after, and I think I was a, a second slower. That's so, incredible. Wasn't too bad. Like I said, I, I could have done much worse that day. I'm, I'm glad I. Yeah. No. What's cool about that? Yeah. Back to the you know what you said earlier. Your body is ten times more capable. You know, if your mind wills it to be so. And so, if you you know, most people think you you can't spend an hour in an ice bath, and you know, even you'd have to be hauled out of there. You wouldn't even be able to move. But what you proved is you can you know through willpower and mental, you know, some mental skills and through breath. You were able to, to maintain a 99 degree body temp for an hour and a half or an hour and 10 minutes in an ice bath. That's incredible. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. Well, yeah. thanks. It was fun. It, it was worth it. Yeah. Sounds fun. <laughs> it's one of those like stupid human tricks that, you know, yeah. just do it and then you move on. Yeah. All right. it, was, it was, like I said, it, it, I, I could have done much worse. I'm pretty pleased that I didn't, you know, let the community down on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I would have to kick your ass. All right, man. So heroes for tomorrow, right? Heroes for tomorrow.org. That's your uh, program, you know, where you train spec ops guys and how can people, how can people um, support you? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. It's called heroes of tomorrow.org. And you know what? I'm I'm not looking for money. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for time. You know, people Mm -hmm. who want to donate time to train kids for free, uh, who want to serve military, law enforcement, firefighters. You know, if you're qualified, you got that capability, you got that desire. I'm happy to share with you what I do and maybe even help you set up in that, in your area uh, mm-hmm. to, cool. to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Right now we have like 25 different cities in the United States where people uh, donate their time to train mm-hmm. people. And sometimes it's every day. Sometimes it's just on weekends, whatever right. you do, you know, there, there's no set thing. What I do tell people is that, you know, make it your own workout. So you're going to go work out anyway. If no one shows up, you know, you haven't wasted any time. Right. People show up, you got workout partners and you can kind of coach them a little bit with what they need to do, depending on what they need to do. And I'm right. happy to send you some of our programming that we have here, you know, to help you prepare people if you need it. And, right. uh, you know, here to help, you know, answer questions and stuff if, if they need to do that too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, I, I, I originally, I was a nonprofit organization, but mm-hmm. I wound up, wound up, you know, any money we took in was going to lawyers and accountants. And <laughs> I was like, you know what, screw that. I, I'm just going to join this community center where I, I'm a program under their nonprofit uh-huh. status. And what we do is we put on fundraisers for them. So, you know, our heroes of tomorrow here is, and they let us work out there for free and we put on fundraisers for them. So it's a nice little marriage that we've had in our local community. You know, we're, we're putting out some really good numbers and, you know, preparing high school, college age kids that come from the area. Some of them move here just to, so they can train with us Mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they go on and do great things. So it's, it's awesome. it, It keeps me young and, you know, gives me a little bit of mission. Uh, yeah. And plus, gives me ideas to write about. Be honest with you. I mean, it, it, I, I benefit from it as well. So yeah, for sure, it's two way street. Yeah. And if you're a, an athlete, who, you know, who's interested in one of these careers, can you find a trainer at that URL? Heroes of Tomorrow. Sometimes it just depends on the the city. I um, you know, uh, I don't have I don't have it. Obviously, you know, finding people who want to donate time is is not the easiest thing. You know, and yeah. being qualified to to do it. Uh, to do this type of training, right. you know, it, it, it's tough finding, but, you know, at, at worst, you can always email me and ask me mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, happy to walk you through the process if you need some help. 
And that email contact is at that URL? Yeah. It, yeah. If you go to stewsmith.com and okay. click the free workouts link at the very top, that, that has a constant list that is always updated. Heroesoftomorrow.org is, is a website too that I run, but it's, it's a little more um, informational than it is interactive. Uh, all, all the details. It's not that active. My stewsmith.com with the free workouts link at the top is, is going to get you a video that shows what we do as well as a list of all the different cities that we're involved in. Got it. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. All right. Stu, thanks. Do, uh, thanks for doing what you do. And yeah. I'm sure you're going to do it for as long as you can. Um, just like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing, we'll do another podcast in 20 years. How's that? I love it. I love it. I, I, <laughs> do I think that would be great. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thanks again. Go check out Stu at stusmith.com or heroesoftomorrow.org, but it sounds like stusmith.com. Stu's got a ton of books. Go check out Stu at Amazon and uh, his self-published books are, you know, just want to start training, just grab one of those. They're awesome. Yeah. We even sell them at NavyField.com. So, right. Stu, thanks very much. Uh, have a great day. Stay focused. And um, everyone out there, do the work. Show up every day. Do something tough. Push the envelope, but do it in a sensible manner. Lots of variety. And um, But the key is to be relentless and realistic with your training. Right? Elevate training to the same level of importance as eating and sleeping. Right? And then you'll be on your way to mastery. Hoo-yah. Coach Devine out. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen of the UTT. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.